This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at www.uctv.tv careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and grads in career transition bridge to better employment. I'm Don Howard. I run the, uh, the James Irvine Foundation. We're a private foundation, uh, no family members, no corporation involved. Um, we are in service of expanding opportunity for the people of California. And we've been doing that for about 80 years. Uh, as you may know from the name, our benefactor owned a portion of Orange County. Uh, he left about half of that to benefit the people of California. We give away about $90 million a year. Um, we are often, as happened here again today, thanked for grants we make to organizations that are doing the important work of expanding opportunity for the people of California. I routinely reply with, thank you, it's our job to find great investments. Uh, the dollars we have in our endowment are in the public trust. They are to serve and create public benefit, and our job is to find the best ways to deploy those dollars. And the partnership and the Jacob Center have been two ways, most recently here in San Diego, where we have found great opportunities to invest. So thank you for the work you do, and it's our pleasure to be part of it. Um, I took over as CEO of the foundation in uh, 2015, and I spent the first year or so traveling around the state, listening to leaders, and trying to hear uh, from folks from all walks of life, from all parts of the state, uh, what they thought of California's current state and what they thought about California's future. Um, one item that came up time and again, uh, in fact, I would say it was probably the single most frequent theme, was that the greatest resource California has is its young people. Uh, and uh, it, at one level, is um, maybe uh, just a truism and a bit trite. At another level, given the demographics of California, given the innovation that is at the core of our state, given the uh, changing, uh, uh, co changing complexion, the changing communities in which we live, it is truer here than anywhere that the young people of this state are the future of this state. And the other thing I heard in those conversations was that we are failing our young people in California. Too many young people are disconnected from school and from work. Too many young people are piecing together lives through multiple jobs that don't pay living wages. Too many of our young people are surfing from couch to couch and are unable to afford to live in a stable environment. Um, and in, uh, in that context, we also heard how hard it is for young people to be politically involved, to have their voices lifted up and to have their voices be truly heard as part of the political process in California. Um, if you fast forward from there, we decided as uh, the foundation to uh, refocus our work. Our work is giving away money. Uh, our work is giving grants, and we do things, um, uh, considerable work on top of that in trying to amplify the impact of the grantees. But we decided to refocus our grant making and other work on expanding specifically the opportunity for good living wage jobs, what we call economic opportunity, and the opportunity to be heard in the political process and to have your voice count. And we see those as uh, two sides of the same coin that uh, all our young people need to have jobs that pay a living wage, and in order to do that, they need to be involved in the political process. 
if they have a job that can sustain their families, they can make the time to go to those PTA meetings or those uh, street actions or um, those um, uh, elections and make sure their voices are heard. And by not providing stable uh, living wage jobs, we actually inadvertently block folks from being in the political process. Um, conversely, for the economy to be inclusive, for the playing field to be level, everyone's voice needs to be heard, and I would uh, submit that our playing field is not level, and that is because uh, too few voices of folks who are working and struggling with poverty have been included in the political process. So that's what we've committed ourselves to. We've also committed ourselves to uh, continuing to listen. Um, we've been uh, listening to um, uh, community members. Uh, in, uh, over the last year, we spent uh, time visiting 14 communities around California, speaking to uh, working uh, folks who are struggling with poverty to understand their aspirations, understand what their challenges are, and to hear from them what we might do to support great work in their communities. And um, those voices have been quite powerful in helping us appreciate the basic challenge of being prepared uh, in terms of hard skills, being ready uh, in terms of mindset, and being uh, introduced and supported in uh, those first steps on a career pathway. Um, one of those sessions that we uh, held was here in San Diego, and it was in the context of that listening session that we heard about uh, the uh, workforce partnership. And we did more due diligence. My colleague uh, Kelly spent time getting to know the partnership, and we came to appreciate that it resembled exactly the type of uh, endeavor that we wanted to support. Uh, we are moving into this area of workforce uh, for the first time as the Irvine Foundation, and we are very committed to learning from the leaders on the ground. We have a, a part of our culture, which is the best ideas are outside the building, and our job is to go find them. And in looking at the partnership, we thought, here's a place we can learn, we can see uh, how this is done, and potentially this can inform work across the state. So that's why we made our investment and what we hope to gain from it. We made a similar investment in the Jacobs Center and their work around pathways to jobs in the creative economy. So we are here to support great work, we're here to learn, and we're, importantly, here to listen. Another thing we heard frequently as we talked to leaders in the community is just how consequential employers are for jobs, which is somewhat self-evident. Uh, the challenge being a lot of workforce efforts across the state um, aren't truly partnered with employers. And many times young people are prepared for jobs that don't exist. And employers are not great, frankly, at signaling to workforce development systems and community colleges and nonprofits what their needs are. And often employers um, are uh, lacking talent and bemoaning that they lack the talent, and the system is uh, doing what it can to train, but the connections aren't made. Here in the partnership, with the partnership, is a partnership with employers. And we wanted to take a little time before lunch to hear from some of the employers and understand uh, how they became involved, understand a little bit about what they think it would take to bring more employers into these sorts of partnerships, and uh, to have you ask questions of them about what their experience has been committing to the partnership. So what I thought I might first do is ask each of our guests, I'll introduce them, but ask each of them to say a minute or two about 
the work they're doing uh, with the partnership, and then I'll ask a question or two, and we'll turn it over to the audience. So uh, let me first introduce Alex Castellanos, the manager of human resources for SeaWorld San Diego. He's been at SeaWorld for 17 years, starting with a seasonal summer job and working his way up. He now provides hundreds of employment opportunities at two different theme parks. Uh, Mitch Mitchell, sitting at the far end, is vice president of state, governmental, and external affairs for San Diego Gas and Electric and for the Southern California Gas Company. He also serves on the boards of the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles, San Diego Museum of Art, The Voice of San Diego, and Sharp Hospital. And last but not least, Susie Harborth is managing director and co-founder of Biolabs San Diego and general partner of Bioinnovation Capital, an early stage venture firm. Biolab San Diego is a shared co-working space for early stage bioinnovators. She's focused on emerging areas of biotechnology, including rare disease, genomics, women's health, and personalized medicine. What a great group. So first, maybe we'll start with Susie. Just a word or two about your involvement in the partnership and what you've taken from it. Great. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for the San Diego Workers Partnership for organizing this great event. As I look out in the room, um, I am on the board, a new member of the San Diego Workforce Partnership Board, and my interest came from the fact that I was very intrigued by the Life Summers uh, Life Science Summer Institute program that they have been working on with Connect to Careers, being in the life science space, um, and actually a San Diego native and a graduate of the San Diego Unified School District, I can very much appreciate you know the opportunities of internships. And so Biolab San Diego quickly is a co-working space for startups. And so we have 24 companies that are incubating within our space. We provide infrastructure, but one of the things that we also provide is access to talent. And um, the San Diego Workforce Partnership is a great partner for both youth talent and uh, other opportunities for employment. That's great. Why don't we go ahead and move on to Mitch. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Mitch Mitchell with uh, San Diego Gas and Electric, as you heard, in Southern California Gas. Uh, I am also a board member for the Workforce Partnership. This is a second stint. I had a, an original stint uh, years ago. It's nice to be back. And, and what I love about the organization, again, is, is it's a simple focus, which is how do we put people um, in, into not just jobs but also into careers. I think that's really important. Uh, sometimes making a decision about what you want to do in life is one of the hardest decisions you'll have to make. And, you know, when I sit and listen to the conversations of the Workforce Partnership, um, there really is this, this, this tremendous focus on uh, making that decision-making process a little easier. Um, we as a company uh, have a significant focus on inspiring future leaders. And that may sound like a cliche, but it's really important. Uh, we are trying to invest um, in not just, not, not just programs, but really projects that are going to help develop our future workforce. Uh, we're no longer a utility. I, I always say this to people that you, you, you think of SDG&E and Southern California Gas as utilities. SDG&E is now a technology company. I'm always, I always marvel at all the things that we are doing now that involve technology. And the old pipes and wires stru- infrastructure is still there, but robotics is now a big part of our everyday discussion. Robotics is going to change not just, you know, the, the country and the world, it's going to change an industry that has long traditionally been a, you know, a get your hands dirty kind of industry. And as, as these things happen, we have to send the right signals to uh, the, college, the colleges, uh, the K-12 schools about what 
the successful future employee will look like. And those are things that you, know, you have to do in partnership. You can't do alone. So uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be here today, and I, I look forward to some of the conversations and the questions. Alex? Good morning, or good afternoon. My name is Alex, of course. And um, working with the Workforce Partnership has been an amazing experience for SeaWorld. Um, we have the privilege of working with Ernesto Rivera from the Connective Careers and developing great opportunities to have employer socials um, at our SeaWorld parks to be able to connect with the young adults or actually the organizations that work with the Workforce Partnership to let their clients know exactly the opportunities that we have at SeaWorld. And I'm happy to say that just looking at young adults in general, we at SeaWorld have, been, have had the opportunity to um, hire over 800 um, young adults, um, minors, individuals under the age of 18, of course, at SeaWorld this past year. So I think we've, we've done a great job at SeaWorld to try to um, look at our youth. Like it was mentioned earlier, they are our future. So we need to make sure that we're developing their skills and abilities because if we can do that for their first jobs, um, hopefully that will continue on in the jobs to come and it'll help them be a, a better individual out in the community as well. Oh, great. Thank you all for that. And let's get into it. Um, I'd love to hear your perspective on why. Why should business care? Why does your business care about Opportunity Youth? What, what's in it for you? Why do you get involved, and what purpose does it serve for your company? Go ahead, Mitch. Yeah, I'll start. You know, we're obviously a, a large employer. Uh, we have about 4,500 employees. Uh, and we are, I, I, always, I always say this with great pride, um, we are one of the largest middle-class job employers uh, in the county and, and, and in the state. Um, that's something that we, we, we don't take lightly. You know, the, the shrinking middle class is something, is something that is a concern. Um, we get involved, again, as I mentioned before, because we have to create a pipeline so that we can continue to move good people into good-paying jobs. And, you know, I, I'm assuming that everyone in the audience today got a warm shower and a hot breakfast or a hot meal at some point, you're welcome. Um, but that is all brought to you because of the hardworking men and women of our company. And, and we want to ensure that you continue to get that hot meal and that hot shower. Uh, and that, that's why we get involved with, with organizations and we get involved in this discussion. There are so many things that, that, that go into creating the right employee. I mean, we are not just a technology company now, but we're still a customer service you know, focused company. And that's harder in the, in the utility business because you're always retooling and retraining and how to answer questions. Um, and, and when you're asking customers to, to use technology to interface with us, our own employees have to have the right customer service skill set to answer that question about technology because technology doesn't always work the way you want it to. Uh, but this is, this is essential. Uh, in this region that is known as a technology hotbed, um, again, creating the workforce. And I think living up to the motto that we've often heard, we're trying to, you know, educate the, 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 the youth of today so they can fill the jobs of tomorrow. Um, you, can't do, you can't just say it. You actually have to do it. And, and you need direction from companies like ours on what we're looking for, not just today, but three years from today, five years from today. And that's important. Susie, how do you think about this? So I can really talk about innovation, and our whole business model is based on this innovation economy coming up with solutions to solve problems, and in our case, problems related to human health. 
And in innovation, you have to have a youth mindset, right? Because you've got to be able to ask questions and figure out solutions. And sometimes when you are stuck on something and you don't have the open ideas and mind to think about, okay, what are the problems out there and how do we solve them? Then there aren't innovations like contact lenses or, you know, um, ways to have a new drug on the market that solves cancer. So it, that needs a youth mindset. And who is going to be able to do that is youth. I mean, is there our generation and the generation behind us that is up and coming that's going to look at these problems because our population is just continue to age Diseases continue to mutate, and somebody's got to solve these issues. And it's not going to be the current generation that solves those issues. It's going to be the future generations that looks at the problem and say, here are the solutions. And so for our business, innovation is almost interchangeable with the word youth. And so it really is this audience and the people in the school systems and the people in colleges and youth who are not engaged that need to get engaged in order to solve these issues for us. At Zero, we definitely see ourselves as a stepping stone for uh, young adults to gain those skills and abilities that are needed to either move forward in their career at SeaWorld into um, leadership positions or um, the professional positions. But a lot of the positions we, we normally have for young adults are those entry-level positions. So it really helps them to um, gain the soft skills such as punctuality or collaboration, working as a team, which is huge in, I think, every industry. Um, and they're able to take that with them either in their career at SeaWorld or, again, in their career path moving forward. So uh, to close the gap, a lot more high-road employers like you three are going to, and your employers are going to need to commit to uh, the partnership and commit to providing jobs for disconnected youth. What barriers do you think they're experiencing? What do you think is the sort of block to get them more engaged? And conversely, what could the partnership do to bring more employers into the uh, partnership? I'll go backwards talking about Alex. I think it's the outreach. I, I think it's really um, partnering with those businesses um, and, and trying to let their clients know exactly what they're looking at as far as um, employing, employment opportunities. So it's really the outreach, partnering up with those organizations like Workforce Partnership and, and all the other um, pieces or moving parts is with that goes along with the workforce partnership, but it's really that outreach, touching base with them, having meetings, giving presentations to a lot of these organizations, and or bringing the, their clients with them to um, some of these events as well that potentially could be hosted on-site or at um, a, a lot of the career centers that are, that are around San Diego County. So to me, it's really the, the focus on outreach. I think it's important as adults that we are champions and Sherpas and guides for these kids that we put into these roles. Because what happens from the employer perspective is if they have one bad experience, it taints the whole experience for them going forward, and then it, it closes that internship door. So in order for us to make that transition smoother, I think it's not just about placing the intern or the entry-level employee into the space, but it's mentoring that person while they're there. And, and we, as a community of experienced work employers and educators and civic leaders need to have that as kind of also what I call the co-pilot program, right, is a, a way to make sure that these kids are not just placed into position and then left on their own. Because in the, if the employer perspective is, gosh, these kids come in and, and they're not showing up on time and, they're not, and, and that 
ends the relationship for everybody that comes after. So I think that needs to be an area that we need to focus on. I think bringing in, bringing in more partners is important, and that's going to be driven by conversations. I think we have to do a much better job in San Diego of spelling out where, what we need what our needs are. I, I sit on several boards, one of them in the healthcare industry, for instance. We always hear this, that 50% of today's nurses are at, at or ready for retirement. Uh, the same thing exists in the utility space. Uh, we have, we're a company where 50% of our workforce is, is ready or near retirement. And, and so what, what we need now is to develop that pipeline. But I think you have to have that conversation in a broader space. With a, with a, there are a lot of companies here in this, in, in this region who have the same discussion internally, which is, what are we going to need next year, two years from now? And when you have that broad conversation, then be very direct in spelling out how, in partnership, we can develop the, the workforce to meet those needs. We don't have to look outside of the state. We don't have to look outside of the region. I think that's, that's the most important part, is if you tell everybody specifically what your needs are, and you have that conversation, then you're telling the employers, we want you to be at the table, we want to help you. And you mentioned, I'm a product of internships. I had four internships before I got my first real job. And uh, I always tell people internships are important, but it's important that they, that they happen properly and that they're a great experience for both the, the intern as well as the company. I'm going to go to audience questions for the next couple minutes. What advice would you give young adults trying to find careers? I had a really good um, employee come to me and said, you know what, I was a high school dropout and um, did not really find school great. And one of the best experiences he had was temping for different companies so that he could actually get a sense of how different companies operate. And um, it's both ways. You know, you as an employee can say, that wasn't for me. I, I don't like that they only, you know, give me 30 minutes of lunch. Um, and for the employer, it's a, a testing. And you can try different companies and figure out what the culture is in each company. Because that's also really important, is not only finding a job, but finding a culture and a place that nurtures your career. I, every intern that comes to work for me, I give them this advice. Uh, your, your, your youth, your, when you're, you're, you're 18, 19, 20, when you're in your 20s, you know, try a bunch of things. You know, try a bunch of things. But during that tryout period, figure out what you're good at. I mean, that's first and most important is, you, you know, everybody may assume that they're good at something. You may say, listen, I am great at X. And, and realistically, you may not be great at that, but you're great at something else. Figure that out because your 20s are for trying things out. Your 30s refine what you're good at, and figure out your pathway and get settled. I mean, I think that's really most important. So question, what does your organization do to provide opportunities to previously incarcerated youth? Well, of course, that's on a case-by-case basis when we look at the background check. I'm sure everybody hears that all the time. But, I mean, it really depends on what the, what, um, the situation was, of course, after they were offered a position, and we actually run a background check. And this only happens when it's, for us, it's 19-plus years of age that we would run a background check. But um, one, you shouldn't be discussing that information beforehand. Until you're offered a position, you go through your background check, and if something comes up, of course, in your adult age, because as a minor, we wouldn't see any of that information, um, you just need to be able to show, based on hopefully your experience or resume or educational background that maybe you may have had or opportunities to um, show them how you've improved uh, moving forward and that you are are, um, willing to be 
a good asset to the team and successful, you always have to turn out to be positive. But really, again, it comes down to everything's case by case. So yeah, I think it's, it's a, not a general statement. It's case by case. It, you know, it's okay to fail, right? And I think that's what we don't tell our youth. It's okay to make mistakes, and it's it's how you recover. It's how you rebound, and it's what you do after that makes a difference. And if you can make that story an important part of your narrative, yeah, that's part of who you are, and that's why you are where you are today. Um, that was what was written to you, and I was going to say, you know, the script is often not in your control until you are 18, right? And then when you become an adult, then you have more control over where you live, what you do with your life. And so, you know, how are you going to write the next part chapter of your script is, is what you need to showcase to your employer, because that's really what they want to hear, is when you come here, you know, am I going to see what I saw before in the future? And that's what you need to convince them, that your future script is in your control, and then that's a positive one. Mitch, I would, I would bet you hire so many folks. You guys have a This is a tough one for us because, because we, the, there are expectations because we're a company that goes into people's homes. Um, so we have an extensive background check process. Uh, the advice I always I, you know, provide to youth is, you know, try to stay as, as um, free of, of problems early in life as possible because in the utility space, it really is a, uh, a bigger concern due to the fact that, uh, you know, we send employees into homes on a daily basis and into backyards, et cetera. So it's, it's been a touchy situation. We, um, we, it's not that we don't, but it does make it a little more difficult to get into the structure. So Let me pose this as the last question before lunch. Um, what are the biggest gaps in skills and training that you see in the youth workforce? So when folks come to you, uh, young adults, what are the biggest gaps in their skills and training? I think we're all dealing with, with the, the change. We have a generational clash in our, in our sector. Um, we, we, we're having to learn how to re-communicate and to communicate in general. Uh, the, the, the youth that come in are accustomed to doing everything via text, via phone, via not really face-to-face. And so one of the things that we really work on is the collaborative. When you come into an office and you come to a space, uh, if, if, if it doesn't do any good to text Alex if he's sitting right next to me. It's better that we have a conversation about how to fix this problem. And so that collaborative piece, which is person-to-person, has become really important, and that's something that we work on, we invest in when they get there, because you can't be successful if you're always trying to do everything through the screen of your iPhone or your Samsung, and that's, that's a challenge for us, but it's something that, that is, it's the generation that, we, that we're, we're bringing in, so we're investing in that communication and that conversation in customer service. I would also agree it's the communication piece uh, that uh, individuals, young adults, need to, to work on because, yes, they are tied to the social media, to their phones a lot. So it's very important for them to be able to develop those communication skills to be able to, to offer those real and amazing experiences that matter to our guests, especially at, at the park um, at SeaWorld and or Aquatica. And that's the one thing that, that, that we see that's lacking today. You need to be able to, to, to go and approach our guests. You need to be able to talk to them, see how their day's going. So that's, the communication piece is huge. Um, so I think that's one thing that really the individual, young adults need to truly work on moving forward because that's, that's one thing I see that's lacking.
My, la- my only comment is just uh, take ownership of, you know, really empower yourself to love what you do, right? And it's hard sometimes if you're not in the best position or, you're, you know, it's not the most inspiring place to be. But, you know, treat every job as if, though, you own that place. And, and that's really a key um, that we don't see very often is people, a lot of youth come in and they say, oh, it's just a job. I'll just kind of coast my way through, text my way through the day. And that's not really where, you know, because employers are looking and they're watching. And I will pick out the right employees and I will give them opportunities. But if I see that you're texting and you're not really engaged in that position, even if it's an entry-level receptionist position or, or any position that, you know, you think is a kind of starting point, that starting point is the starting point to the rest of your career and make that point count because that's going to be really beneficial. I can't thank you enough. Alex, Mitch, Susie, thank you for the work you do and thanks for your guidance today.